You are listening to Astrology Today, coming to you live from the beautiful Sunshine Coast and Powell River, which is situated on the traditional lands of the Clahomon Nation. I will be your host, Maureen Reed, and I am an astrologer. Welcome. This would be episode 39, July the 18th, and <clears throat> your host has, <laughs> is a bit challenged today. Okay, so hello to all who have Aries rising. How has your week been? Hmm. Mine has been a fine demonstration of accident-prone nature of Mars. On Wednesday, just after lunch, I and my boat, and you're going to have to bear with me because I actually did not print this out, so I'm on my screen. Okay, so I and my boat, I was on a wee vacation to one of the more beautiful places on the planet called Desolation Sound, and my boat and I had a collision, and my ribs got the worst end of it, and... Um, I was trying to get on the boat, and I don't have a proper boarding ladder. Anyway, blah, 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 blah. As a result, um, I, you know, sort of wounded myself in that classic Mars accident-prone style. And, um, you know, like I came home, and the rest of my body decided that it too was injured, and so... Now my back's out, and life is just not good. <laughs> okay, so I did, of course, draw up a chart for the approximate time, hey, of when this accident did occur, and uh, the bywheel of that day with my chart is, of course, up on the website, and so I had a look at, okay, so just what was happening, and no, it would not have been foreseeable <laughs> because nobody's going to pay that much attention to the moment-to-moment -moment changing of uh, the planets out there. But just as a point of, so what was happening? So on the day before, the sun, who is, you know, she's currently, he's currently going through cancer, um, made a direct conjunction to where Uranus was when I was born. Uranus, shocking. Mm -hmm. But that was the day before. Okay. So I would have expected a jolt that day because typically aspects, um, they're in the coming up to exact place is when they're most active. And then once it passes exactitude, typically the effect falls off. Okay. So what was happening, though, is Mercury was squaring my most malefic planet, which, as it turns out, happens to be Mars. I'm a day chart, so even though I have Aries rising, my namesake, my ruler that is supposed to be me, is pretty challenged. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Mercury was squaring that. So that doesn't happen, doesn't help. Um, but it in and of itself shouldn't have made a big difference. But the moon, who traditionally in, um, especially in electional charts or horary charts, uh, the moon is what triggers things. Okay, so everything can be in place. But if the moon never triggers it, 
eh, nothing's going to happen. But sure enough, the moon was opposite my natal Mercury, sort of making that whole mercurial thing way more operative. Okay, and the transiting Mars, which I was sort of, you know, when I was coming into the year-long forecast uh, in January, of course, uh, the big hype was about the impending six-month-long tour of Mars in his home turf of Aries uh, that was going to happen for the second half of 2020. And I went, oh, ooh, ah, I'm not sure I'm going to like that. Um, again, I have Aries rising, so therefore Mars uh, and what it's doing through the first house um, could have a pretty direct impact in my life. Now, accidents kind of came to mind, but not really. But boy, trust me now, from this point forward to when Mars leaves Aries in January, I am going to be really, really careful. Like bubble wrap, maybe, she's thinking, given how my back is feeling today. <laughs> bubble wrap sounds like a really good idea. Okay, so transiting Mars was squaring my fourth 10th axis and typically major events although this isn't really a major event but it is an event um, it will square the um, the axis of the chart which I spoke at length to on my last episode so that's the angles of first seventh fourth tenth okay so the outcome for me, and I would say anyone with Aries rising, be careful, be very, very careful for the next five more months um, until our ruling planet leaves town. Um, and since I began uh, prepping for this episode, right, it's, um, it's come to my attention that uh, anyone, okay, so it's not just Aries folks that Mars is going to be tripping up it will also be any of the cardinal signs so pay attention if you're Cancer if you're Libra if you're Capricorn this whole accident prone maybe requiring bubble wrap <laughs> keep it in mind okay so um because I'm sort of under the influence of um what are they called muscle relaxants I decided today that I would cut myself some slack and um, not attempt to do any per se major mini readings and um, so I thought about okay what can I do safely <laughs> and still be you know relatively informative and what I've chosen today is to look at a baby chart now a friend of mine has just recently become uh, a grandma again and um, I do have the data for said baby and it'll give me an opportunity to kind of speak to how astrology might be of assistance and what sort of challenges there are to reading a baby's chart and okay so um when a when a you know we have a newly arrived human in the past i have often thought if only a parent had realized you know like i'm looking at an adult chart uh, what person had arrived the environment that that person was raised in could have been tailored to suit that person and possibly have avoided some of the bumps and 
troubles that can uh, plague children. Uh, But this leads, of course, to a very thorny question of fate versus free will, or the other way, nature versus nurture. Uh, And in my past life as a modern astrologer, I would offer to read charts of newborns. But many times the answer was a resounding no. Many uh, very good reasons can be presented. The easiest is the notion of innocence or the blank slate. The promise of a life free from suffering has just arrived. Why would a parent want to know anything about the challenges that their child will face, right? Because children, I mean, the first thing a parent wants to do is totally guarantee that this child's life is going to be wonderful um, with no pain and no suffering. I mean, that's just the wish of every parent, right? In the past, I have strayed away from framing the reading in the above terms, but rather from the point of view of how compatible each parent is, okay, and where understanding this child will help all concerned. Now, in the case of the chart that I'm looking at, I do not have the parent's info, so I'm not going to be adding that piece, although maybe down the road I will, uh, depending on if they're willing. And so I'm just going to look at the actual child's chart itself. Okay, so the Hellenistic approach, though, that I've been studying would not have sugarcoated anything, giving a succinct pronouncement on the fate of the child. Yikers. So what conundrums might an astrologer have faced back then, right? Like, you know, you get the chart and, you know, it's 2,000 years ago and... Fate is not looking good in a particular chart, right? Anyway, but that was their mindset, and that's the way they did it. But what I'm going to start off with is how I used to look at an actual newborn chart. Okay, um, and I'll maybe after I've gone through this part, I will also take a stab at um, what the Hellenistics might have seen. Okay, so... Again, the chart is up on my website, and this boy was born in Campbell River. He has Leo rising, sun in Cancer in the 12th, with Mercury retrograde, moon in Libra in the 3rd. It's also conjoined the IC, Venus in Gemini in the 11th, Mars in Aries in the 9th, Jupiter retrograde in Capricorn, in the sixth, Saturn retrograde in Aquarius in the seventh. Now, in the past, I would have also used the outer planets as well. So, Uranus is in Taurus in the tenth, Neptune is retrograde in Pisces in the eighth, Pluto is retrograde in Capricorn conjoining Jupiter. Okay, so this is what I probably would have started to pass on. Okay, so this child will be out in the world. Majority of his planets, if you notice, are above the horizon. Bold, sunny, and happy. Leo rising, hey? As firstborn, this will work for him. Okay, like 
at me, Leo rising. Perfect that this child is firstborn in this family. Okay, Leo rising, of course, loves to be the center of attraction. The Libra moon describes what he will operate out of for the first two years as a general rule. You don't really see the sun sign in kids until after two because that's sort of when they truly get a sense of being separate from mom and that's when that Leo will really start to shine. In the meantime, you want to be talking about the child's moon. Um, And if it's a sensitive moon, Uh, Libra moon is, you could call it sensitive, but it wouldn't be like, let's say, a moon in Pisces baby or a moon in Cancer baby. Um, There are certain signs where the literal environment, a moon in Scorpio comes to mind as well, where having some knowledge that uh, certain types of energetics will have a very big impact on a baby um, can, you know, sort of ease one from subjecting themselves to a very upset child, you know, when they're really tiny and there really isn't a lot you can do. Um, But you can be aware of the environment and how it affects, and that's through knowing what their moon is. So with a Libra moon, um, this is a child that is very cognizant of how beautiful and um, harmonious an environment is but it's it's more on um, I would say almost on a musical level especially when they're really tiny because apparently you don't see all that well to begin with uh, but eventually um, like within probably six months or so if there is a lot of tension anger strife you know like so basically not that parents should fight in front of their children it happens, it's real, kids do need need to know how to deal with it, but this will affect this child, right? Because Libra is all for balance and fairness, but at this stage, it's more about balance. So it's people can be happy and sad, and they can work with that. If it gets really extreme, not so much. Child's gonna react to that. Okay. Uh, So yeah, what I put here is angry outbursts. He'll not respond well to that. But music, oh, and I would think especially um, classic music, oh, put him to sleep in seconds. Um, And the next thing that once he starts getting old enough that um, you're going to want to uh, tell, uh, you know, read books to him. And this is a boy. I don't know if I mentioned that. Yes, it is a boy. Um, Okay, so with that Libra moon, we're talking stories of knights in shining armor. Maybe not G.I. Joe and mass killings and all of that kind of stuff. No, no, no. Not so much. Not so much. This, yeah. And I suspect the whole G.I. Joe model um, isn't really going to cut it for this kid. Okay, but I'll come back to that. Okay, so with the moon in Libra, this is a very social baby right from day one. Not going to be mind and may not play as strong um, a stranger thing that lots of children will do, you know, around the first year, um, you know, where they really don't, you know, they recognize, oh, you're not my mom. I don't know if I want to be with you. Moon and Libra, I will be curious to follow whether this child um, does make strange because 
uh, he might not with the moon in Libra because they love to be social. Okay, so as he gets a little bit older with that moon, okay, in school, his social needs will be important. Okay, so, and I would recommend to the parents that they let him get as much art, possibly even a second language would be a huge bonus point, and music. Um, yeah, there's a possibility here, given some of the other traits in his chart, that he could be a good singer. Um, and it doesn't have to be something that he takes to a career, but just something that he's going to really enjoy doing. Okay, so the moon is in Libra in the third, and it has a square from, <coughs> excuse me, from that Jupiter in Capricorn in the sixth. This suggests he will do well with routine. Okay, so that would be just a note to the parents that um, it should be quite easy to get him into a routine. You get fed at this time, you go to bed at this time. I'm not going to say he's going to like that, but it works well for this child to have a routine. Um, as he gets older, his challenge might be whose routine? So... Um, he needs, over the course of his young life, probably up until about the age of 12, to understand that he does have some options here in terms of that routine and that he doesn't necessarily have to fall lockstep into someone else's routine. Okay. Now, the next point I looked at, of course, is Mercury, and this is communication styles. Okay, so... Mercury is retrograde. Now, in the past, uh, I would have said that this child is more right brain oriented than left brain. And I just recently listened to uh, a more recent lecture from one of my favorite astrologers, Robert Hand, and he said what he says now about Rx factor in personal planets is outside the box. They're not going to use their mind the way everyone else does. Now, this is a Mercury in Cancer, so it's very sensitive. Um, so a harsh word spoken, and this child can completely shut down. Matter of fact, even to the point where, you know, he stops looking at you, especially when he's little. Um, and that's one of the things a person has to remember, and I talked about again this, I talked about this last week, is cancer circuits, sun, moon, ascendant, um, and he has the sun, and so Mercury's right there. Um, they're born without skin. And so during their young years, they have to develop a way to protect themselves uh, from the harshness of, um, and in this case, the rhetoric that is around them. Okay, so again, he will notice those big fights that mom and dad have. And of course, that's normal. We can't eliminate those, nor would we want to. But we also need to encourage the child to create a boundary. And it can be literal. Um, know that you don't have to let people know how closely they've hit you that you get to put up a boundary and go, oh, no, actually, I'm okay, and then debrief with the child later and let them know that, no, that wasn't right, that wasn't good, you don't have to put up with that kind of thing, uh, but they need to develop a skin. Okay, so 
Uh, but in terms of the mind thing, um, this can be quite creative. And this theme is actually quite strong in his chart. And so um, it'll be important to give it an outlet, you know. Uh, so how are you feeling? If you don't want to talk about it, draw me a picture, right, of how did that hurt? And you may be surprised at what, what things do land. And again, it's because cancer doesn't have skin. So, and a reminder also that think knight in shining armor rather than G.I. Joe style. Okay. So figuring out who to trust with this cancer circuit is also going to be really important lesson for this child to begin to understand as he gets older. Okay, now learning the left brain data consumption, it's not going to be his forte. And so he will need help with that. Um, introducing a second language will be a huge bonus though. Um, and I would suggest a romantic language. <laughs> Italian comes to my mind because I love the sound of that one. Um, but yeah, if he shows any interest in other languages, I would totally encourage that because what it'll do is it'll show that he has a great mind. It's just not the, you know, the straight line, A, B, C, D, no, it's just not that kind of mind. But it's capable of, you know, doing languages and doing singing and doing art and being creative and yeah, yeah, all that kind of good stuff. Okay, um, and again, I wouldn't suggest German. It's very guttural. It's not very aesthetically pleasing in terms of a language. French will work, yep. Okay, Venus and Gemini in the 11th. Singing and language takes another huge jump. Um, he will talk early, I suspect, and this will also suggest that he will not be shy. In the right setting, racism will not be a thing to him at all. Um, he will connect and talk to anyone. And on that note, Mars and Aries, he will stand up and defend. Okay, so he's not going to be the bully on, in the yard. No way. He will be the one that defends, but <laughs> it depends on his size, right? Um, and so he's going to need some encouraging to just to understand, okay, I'm really proud that you're defending, you know, this little girl or this little boy from that bully, but know that that bully actually is way, way bigger than you and you're not going to win. Okay, so that type of understanding will be useful. Okay, uh, Mars in Aries, and it's tied to Saturn in Aquarius. Now, um, these two planets are both in their own signs and so they can function effectively and easily uh, so in the old school or modern old school mars and aries this is classic boy energy um, and what i wrote here uh, was you know mom get ready with um, you know a, a good book to read uh, for the times that you end up in the emergency room you know getting a cast on said boy child's limb right because accidents are probably going to happen um, because this is a go-to type energy with Aries and uh, 
and so if I combine that with this Libra cancer piece, okay, so we've got band and sports. We've got singing and solo sports, which could very well be with Aries. Um, and that creates a big range. Like he can, the Libra moon can do the team thing, but the Cancer and the Leo can do the single thing. So um, this is going to be, I suspect, an easy child to raise just because there's going to be lots of options um, that this child can explore. Okay, so with the Saturn, though, he does eventually have some lessons to be learned around who's in charge, like what set of routine and who's the boss and all of that type of stuff. Uh, Saturn is right on his seventh house angle. And so it's really easy to let someone else be the authority and not know or not realize that he too needs to actually set good boundaries. And so that's going to be one of the choices um, or one of the lessons, pardon me, that parents can help him to learn. The also thing, the other thing, pardon me, is with Aries, of course, we have a fear component that pops up with Aries circuit. And with Mars and Aries, there's probably going to be a fear. Um, I suggest that if you spot it, okay, so this could be the fear of a dog, the fear of water, the fear of heights, kind of some of the classic, you know, one-off type fears. And if the parent can be there and support them and help them kind of work through it, huge bonus points. Um, because, you know, sometimes these fears that get started in childhood could have easily been remedied in childhood rather than having to figure out how to deprogram them, you know, when, you, when you're in your late 20s or whatever. Okay. Um, yeah, so, and I'm just seeing here on my notes that, uh, yeah, mom, get yourself a good book, leave it in the car, stock up on bandages at home, because, yeah, Aries is immediate direct response with not a lot of caution. <laughs> okay, now, the outer planets always add a quirky twist. And this is where I would have commented about the outer planets. So Uranus is in his 10th house in Taurus. So I begin to imagine what, uh, what might be possible here. And the first thing that popped into my mind was singing sports. Is there some such thing? Well, yeah, there's talent contests now. Um, and so that could literally be something he might get involved in. For instance, he might become part of a, of a school band um, and go into competition, that type of thing. That would totally suit. And it may just turn to sports, too. It doesn't have to have that component because sports will also give him that social thing. Okay, he has Neptune in the 8th in Pisces. Handling other people's money could be a problem. Yeah, when it comes to... But this is not likely going to show up when he is young. Um, and he probably will be able to just on some instinctual level really understand that dying is okay. Neptune in the 8th. Okay, Pluto, though, is making a very interesting aspect. He is born within days, literally, of the exact conjunction between Pluto and Jupiter. And that is a powerful aspect. The drive to be successful is there. 
and it's in the sixth house. So my suspicion is, is career-wise, okay, so I'm putting on my fortune-telling hat, which is always a dangerous thing to do, but my suspicion is, is he'll probably have a career. Doesn't have to be that big spotlight up there, you know, president of, no, no, doesn't need to go there. But he will probably climb whatever field he chooses to go into but I suspect it will be service oriented so it could be police medic firefighter armed forces all of those would fit they would speak to the sun which is in the 12th house which is I don't have to stand out there and be look at me maybe within his group he does he does have Leo rising but he will be fine being just part of the firefighting crew or the police or you know, it could even turn medical. That's a possibility too. What will be emphasized in terms of those types of careers that he picks will be the moon's need for things to be fair. And so that's why I thought of the police and the armed forces because they do have this mandate to keep the peace or to bring justice and fairness, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so what would the ancients have said? Uh, about this guy. So now I'm taking off the modern hat and I am putting on, you know, a hat from 2000 years ago and I am a newbie at this. So the way I have been studying this, of course, hasn't been from really from the point of view of looking at a child's chart. And so I don't have a lot of language around it. So I'm just going to take a stab at it. So the first thing we would note is that it is a day chart. And so that makes the Sun, Mars, or Sun, Saturn, pardon me, and Jupiter, the bigwigs, okay, the ones that we want to see in good condition. Um, because from the ancients point of view, okay, fate, fortune, um, you know, is your planetary moment that you came in, is it saying a good thing or is it saying a bad thing? Okay, so the first thing that we would notice is that the ruler, okay, so this is the steersman with Leo rising, that makes the sun, okay, so that's good. The sun is the sect light in a day chart, so that makes the sun powerful. But it's sitting in a poopy house. It's sitting in the 12th. Now, what that can indicate is that if he picks um, a direction that has him disappearing, so what I was saying earlier from the modern perspective, like being in the police force or being um, in the military or a firefighter or a paramedic or any of those things, um, you as an individual aren't important. Your work is important. And so you do disappear as this big ego thing, right? So that, that fits. Um, but if he picks the wrong thing, so let's say, you know, some weird quirky twist of fate, he meets somebody in the mafia and they recruit him, yada, yada, yada. Son in 12th house, that could mean jail. So... <laughs> Just a FYI to parents, um, yeah, you want to be kind of paying attention to the right crowd and the wrong, the wrong crowd. My sense is, is that he will naturally pick the right crowd because he has moon in Libra, and that is saying, I want things to be fair and just. 
um, and aesthetically pleasing. Like, remember, knight in shining armor, not G.I. Joe? Okay. So the next thing that I would look at um, is where is the benefic? Okay, so in a day chart, that's Jupiter, and Jupiter is making a nice aspect to the sun. And so that helps out that sun, that helps that sun take the right road. Excellent. Now the next place that we look is at the moon, because from the ancients point of view, the actual native themselves only shows up in whoever the steersman is, the ruler of the ascendant, and the moon. Okay, so in his case, that does put the two lights at the center of his life. So the sun is the steersman, um, 12th house. The moon is conjunct the IC, but in the third house. And so third, fourth comes together. And so his family of origin is going to be important to him. And so too will siblings be. And this chart sort of indicates that he's likely going to have a few siblings. Bonus points. Okay, not that they have to. <laughs> this is the modern world, but, you know, if he was born 2,000 years ago, we could almost guarantee that there would be siblings. <clears throat> okay, so the moon is well positioned. Venus, who rules the moon, she's in the 11th house, and it doesn't get any better than the 11th house. And so in terms of that social grouping, um, as long as he's coming out of that moon in Libra, he's likely to pick the right groups to hang out with. But we always have to keep in mind, or at least the ancients would have, yeah, but look at that, that, uh, yeah, I don't know, that 12th house piece is sort of saying things. Okay, so the next piece we would look at is Saturn. And Saturn is the uh, malefic of the sect in favor. And again, both the malefics are situated in their own signs, and so they are happy. But the one we want to see be the happiest is Saturn. And Saturn is sitting comfortably in on an angle in its own domain. And so one of the things that the ancients w probably would have commented on is that uh, a successful, happy relationship is likely going to be later in his life. Um, I too had Saturn in the seventh and I, my first go around wasn't as happy as my current second go around. Um, and so that's not an uncommon or truly not a difficult position. Um, it, or the person could just be attracted to older people and, uh, and that's fine too. Okay. So, you know, uh, Again, there's not a lot that I can say about this um, because the studying that I am doing does not really emphasize what you would say to a parent with a child. Okay. Um, the other thing, though, that this does point out is that uh, Venus was stationing just a couple of days before he was born. And so the 11th house of friends and associations will become a pivotal piece in his life um, as it rules the moon. Uh, and so, yeah, that would be the place that I would focus if I was just looking at it from an ancient point of view 
is the fact that the parents are going to want to just keep their eyes open for, you know, who, what groups he is attracted to and belongs in, and he will be social. Um, and so just to keep him informed about, um, and the way to do that is to emphasize, okay, is this group of kids, are they being nice and fair? And, you know, he'll go, oh, no, they're not. And he will naturally not want to be connected with them because he is all about what's fair, what's just, what's pleasant. He likes, you know, sort of the atmosphere of uh, almost like the 50s where everything is happy. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. You can tell I'm on drugs. No, I'm teasing. Okay, so I think that is where I'm going to leave that off. Okay, I did have some pieces here where the direction of life will be patterned after his dad, um, but he will be successful. Prominence could come from... Okay, so here's one of the things that I put together. Prominence could come from innovative joining of groups of people, a networking ace. If the opportunity to work in the arts comes up, that would be best. I'm going to, okay, so, and I'm thinking here, like when I just, sometimes this is what I do when I look at a baby's chart, is I imagine what's possible. And um, with Uranus up there in the 10th, I'm thinking, wow, this guy could join, you know, he could be like a music producer. The, you know, the person at the board that's, um, you know, mixing. Or he could be the um, person who brings, um, you know, group A together with group B. And they, you know, they combine their energies to produce something really eccentric and unusual. So that would fall into music. That would fall into the theater. That would fall into movies and television and yeah, there's that piece there. And with the Mars, he's not afraid to just go out there and do it, which is nice. Okay, enough of baby one. Well, it isn't, but the person knows that, you know, if they have questions, they can definitely um, come and ask me. Okay, so I am going to move on to my forecast Um, And as anybody who is paying attention to the time, you'll notice this is going to be a short program. I've got lots of lovely music lined up Um, because I knew I just didn't have the headspace for something uh, long and involved. Okay. So before I move on to my weekly forecast, I would like to point out that charts for children also reflect the current world condition which we as astrologers could pay closer attention to. In one fantasy I have, we could make suggestions to couples of when to conceive to give the most favorable outcome upon delivery. Ha ha. (laughs) I have also thought that tracking the planet Jupiter would give teachers and parents information about groups of children as Jupiter is in a sign for roughly a year. There are also groups formed by Saturn's ingresses through signs, and they last about 2.5 years. Now, the outer planets measure generations. Like the baby boomers, we all have Pluto in Leo, and that was from 1937 to 1958. Currently, Jupiter is in Capricorn, and this placement is difficult for Jupiter. His expansive nature does not like 
lots of rules, yet rules must be followed. And a perfect example of that right now, of course, is uh, mask versus no mask. (laughs) So it'd be Jupiter that's going, I don't want to wear a mask. But hey, we probably do need to. Children born now will have this challenge and they will be living it throughout their life. Okay, where's that moon? Starting with today, why? It's a Cancer moon. Um, And so this is a day for self-care, and I most certainly know that. (laughs) Okay, the moon will conjoin Mercury late tonight at about 9.18 p.m., an opportunity to write or speak intentions for self-care or for care of others. Sunday, July the 19th, Cancer Moon continues today making a notable square to Mars early in the morning. Irrational temper can be the result, or most likely really fighting type style dreams, yuck. Glad this one is early for those of us on the West Coast. This evening, the moon catches up to Neptune. Dreamy chick flicks are in order. A candlelit evening or a campfire would make for a perfect ending to Sunday. Now, Monday morning, July the 20th, this is a new moon and it's a new moon with teeth. Those of you out there with cardinal signs prominent and late degrees in those signs, and that's of course of Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn, heads up. This is a start date for you to pay particular attention to. Here in Powell River are social, political, artistic, musical groups. Children are all front and center today. Mars is in a sign-based square to this new moon from the 8th house of money. Can Powell River find a way to support the fabric of this town? And the, the social fabric is what I'm talking about. Action is indicated and the call must go out to find solutions that see us all moving forward. The old style will not work. We need to find creative solutions to keep the social fabric, you know, all of those clubs and organizations um, viable and happening because, you know, uh, a town needs them. Well, any place does. Okay, July the 21st, the Leo moon gives us a break from yesterday, maybe probably going to cast the day in a dramatic light. Play if you can this afternoon when the moon taps Mars at 12.22, then Venus at 5.27 p.m. Wednesday, welcome Leos into the world for the next 30 days. The moon is also in Leo, Uh, but not making any traditional aspects. And I am going to have a bit of a cough here. (coughs) Which with bruised ribs, (coughs) hurts. (laughs) Darn, now I'm going to (coughs) sneeze. Pardon me. I imagine that just sounds wonderful on the radio. Okay, so... Uh, this is, I'm still on Wednesday, uh, Mercury, <coughs> excuse me, makes a sextile to Uranus at 1.25 p.m. announcement about the state of the world that could be a shock. The moon moves into Virgo at 6.39. <coughs> 
and we must turn our attention to service. Thursday, July the 23rd, Virgo Moon is making innovative aspects to Uranus over coffee, 1016. Then it wants us to make a meeting over lunch with a sextile to Mercury at 1147. Virgo Moon will wrap up the day with a check-in at Venus at 1045. The network is doing a shout-out. <coughs> and something has attacked my nasal passages. I am feeling a bit <coughs> challenged. Okay, uh, Friday, July the 24th. Still a Virgo moon, and that's a perfect way to wrap up the work week on a note of completion. It trines to the Capricorn trio, and of course that's Jupiter, Pluto, and Saturn, to ensure that things do wrap up at the end of this week. In the evening, right on cue, the moon ingresses into social Libra at 7 p.m. Welcome to a weekend with your social bubble. Okay, Saturday, coming up to my show next week, in which I, A, hope I'm not sneezing, B, I hope my back is well. <laughs> um, we have that still Libra moon, and it has pleasant vibes until the moon opposes Mars at 8.50 p.m. Uh, and that'll be a classic polarizing moment that actually needs balance, but yeah. Hopefully, we will find that balance. Okay, so there you have it. Um, I actually talked longer than I thought I would. So you're not going to get all of the wonderful music. I'll pick the best ones, though. And just as a reminder, you have been listening to CJMP 90.1 FM, Powell Rivers Community Radio Station. And I have been your host, Maureen Reed, and we will see you next week. And I hope everyone stays safe. And uh, I do recommend the mask thing as this is a rebroadcast of my radio show, Astrology Today, which aired on CJMP 90.1 FM, Powell Rivers Community Radio Station.